0: Welcome to the Fatherhood Challenge program. The Fatherhood Challenge is a movement to awaken and inspire fathers everywhere to take great pride in their role and to challenge society to understand how important fathers are to the stability of an environment and culture. We're going to encourage and challenge each other to step up and do courageous things that make our families and communities better places. So let's get to it. Greetings, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. It feels great to be back. I took a little bit of a hi- hiatus uh, just to kind of regroup a little bit, prepare some new episodes and change gears on some of the other content. Uh, some of the changes you may have noticed, uh, there's a blog on the website that wasn't there before. Um, and some other things you might notice, there's a little more content on the Facebook page. So there's plenty of there for you to look at and uh and share and enjoy and and uh just soak up and read. So that was a long time coming and it feels good to have all that done, but it feels even better to be back with you. This feels like home. I appreciate each and every one of you hanging in there, listening to the episodes and sharing them. It's it's always appreciated. So thank you so much for that. So, we're going to start things off. I have a really fun guest with me, just completely, just a great experience and all. I, I met him a few weeks ago and we had a great, great talk. He has a great story to share, a lot of wisdom, and I think you're going to be- benefit greatly from listening to to what he has to say. And his name is Ernest Harris, and he's got quite a, a background himself he is the, the CEO and the managing editor of Charm City Direct TV, and also the executive producer at WLEO 26.7 Online Radio. Did we miss anything else? No, spot on, <laughs> spot on. All right. Well, true to tradition, I like to start things out with a, a favorite dad joke. So what is your favorite dad joke? So
1: the, the favorite dad joke um, is my name. Of course, uh, every father uh, or some fathers, I I should say, uh, would like to pass on the name like, you know, for example, a Charles Junior or Derek Junior or something like that, the third or uh, junior. Uh, So believe it or not, my godfather, I never knew this man's name, never knew this man's name. And he lived right across right next door to me. And my dad is named Ernest Elton Harris, Sr. And one day I, you know, I came outside and Mr. Jones, uh, that's what we called him. But of course, his name was Ernest Jones. I didn't know his first name. And I said, Mr. Jones, what is your first name? And he laughed. He laughed. He chuckled a little bit. And he said, I'm surprised that you don't know. And I said, well, if I knew, I wouldn't be asking you. And he said, my first name is your name. And I said, Ernest? And he said, yeah, my first name is Ernest. And I said, wow, we have the same name. And then when I went in the house, I said, wait a minute. My father's name is Ernest. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. So it all makes sense now. My dad, my godfather, I could just imagine how it was in the hospital delivery room. <laughs> my father is like, we need, we need to pick a name. We need to pick a name. Okay, well, let's call him Ernest. Okay, well, why is that? You know, my godfather is Ernest. Your name is Ernest. Crazy. So, I am Ernest Harris. Um, to be considered a junior, uh, they said you have to. Uh, uh, you have to have your. Dad's whole name, which is Ernest Elton Harris uh but unfortunately, like I said, I don't know what was going on in the delivery room because on my birth certificate, it says Ernest Jr Harris, so I'm like, did they mean Ernest Harris Jr like is junior my middle name like were y'all drunk this <laughs> was, <laughs> it was like a, drunk. a conspiracy theory right, right, so um. That's my dad joke. I, you know, I tell it to a lot of people, um, rest in power to my dad, uh, who's been gone for, for a minute now, but of course he lives in my heart. Uh, think about him every day from the values that he, uh, instilled it in me.
0: Tell me about your dad. What was like, what was life like growing up with
1: him? Wow. Um, life was uh awesome uh although my dad did not live in home with me i there was never a moment where i did not know him or he did not come around and it's crazy because uh at first it was like one one day of the week uh, on the weekends of course it was like a saturday and i think uh i needed something uh from him and he came over that friday And, uh, he came and got me and, you know, just spending time with him, you know, was enough for me. And it began to be a, uh, two day weekend with him. He'll come and get me Friday into Saturday or something like that. But knowing him, uh, was, was awesome. We would, we would go out on Saturday. Of course, our routine was to go to the barbershop. We, we just had this thing about the barbershop, man. it, He'll pick me up, go to the barbershop, get my hair cut, and then take me around the corner to this, they call it thrift store, um, where you get like clothes for very, very cheap. And he will stock up on a lot of clothes for me. And that was our routine, you know, every, every weekend. Um, and the barbershop was like right on. So the barbershop was in the back of the thrift store. So it wasn't a far you know walk and you could walk right out the back door of the barbershop into the thrift store i said so convenient you know <laughs> so that that was our you know that was our little bond our our little connection knowing him uh he was a he was he was a working man um he he always worked he, had, he stayed at his job for a significant amount of time before he retired um and you know he he was a You know, he got out, he partied, you know, drank a little bit and he was a classy, he was a classy man. You know, he always had on a suit or, or a short sleeve dress shirt and and pair of pants. And I said to my dad one day, I said, dad, wear a pair of jeans, you know, wear some, wear some tennis. And he said, son, I, I don't like tennis. This is how I dress, you know? And um, I said, OK, you know, if you like it, I love it, you know, <laughs> just trying to bring you up to the style, so to speak. So, yeah. What is it about the barbershop? There's something about that tradition. What is it? Right. The barbershop, man, is oh, my gosh. Um, if you ever been in a barbershop, you you would just see the guys conversing. And they said that the barbershop is the black man's country club you know uh, you go in even if you don't get a haircut you just sit there and listen to the stories what's hot what's trending in news what was what's the latest on the street the word on the street you know and you you're soaking all of this information in that you probably won't even even know about or hear about in knowledge that was the that was the best thing of all for me as a little child going into the barbershop as I got older. Of course, when I was a baby, one, I'm trying to stay in the chair to get my hair cut because you you just can't imagine clippers buzzing in your head and it's like, what is this? You know, um, but as I grew older and being around uh, guys and older guys, for that matter, um just just sharing history and, and sharing knowledge uh, that that did something for me, because this is something that is not taught in school. This is information that you probably won't, like I said, probably won't ever hear. And as I grew older and I am, I was blessed to have a child, my my son, who was 19. Of course, when he was little, uh, I did the same thing to with him that I did with my with with my dad. You know, I would take them every other week to the barbershop and the barbershop that we went to in Emerson village in in Baltimore, uh, one of the oldest, uh, barbershops in the city at the time, it was, it was a two-sided barbershop. You had the newer crowd, you had the new, uh, the newbies as we may call them. And then you had the, uh, the old school in the back. And you you saw that line in in the floor, you know, this is the newbies and this is the old school, and you could just feel the atmosphere. The atmosphere was was great. It wasn't nobody fussing. It wasn't no cussing. It it was just the the feel of a barbershop, knowing that when you step in here, you're going to get something in return. Not just a haircut, but you're going to get some knowledge. You're going to get some information. You're going to get uh, uh like a rites of passage, so to speak. Uh older guys telling young guys how to grow up. It sounds to me like more like
0: the haircut is just an excuse to go to the barber shop, but not necessarily the reason.
1: Right. When when I found out I said, hey, I you know, I don't have to get my hair cut today, you know. I'ma just go to the barber shop. You know, I didn't do it often because then they'll look at you like, um, something is wrong with you. But <laughs> I, I went there, um I went there often, you know, and just sat there because it was was a couple of guys that I was cool with inside the barbershop. And I would just sit there and just pick their brain off of everything, life, uh, business, um, what is going on in my city? What is your solution? Just to get that knowledge, man, you know, just to have that that insight uh, and that information passed on to you um, from people that been here before you. And, and, and is willing to pass on that information that, that just does something to me.
0: It's interesting because scripture is loaded with several texts that reference counsel for the younger generation to seek wisdom from the older generation while while they're still around. Right. And that seems like that's exactly what happens in a barbershop. It's a place where men from multiple generations come together. Right. And, and
1: fellowship and share wisdom. Right. Exactly. It is so true. Um, now there are some barbershops, of course, um, that don't display that, you know, that atmosphere. I'm going to just call it that. Uh, but the older, I'm going to say the older to the, uh, upper class. I I ain't even going to say upper class, but the older generation. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm talking about like, you know, from the 20, 20, year olds to the 30 year olds. So when I say older, I'm talking about, uh, 30 to about 50 and I'm talking about barbers and then, uh, the 20 to the 30 and that's your younger crowd. Um, it's just, it, 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 it pretty much depends on the feel of the barbershop. If you go into a barbershop and you, you receive that, that warm welcome, that, you know, uh, you, you could tell a good barbershop. I I don't know if you can, but you could tell that your experience here is going to be good. And, you know, when you have a crowd full of people, a a crowd full of guys, and they just sitting around, they talking and you engaging in conversation that that's a, that's a really a good look you know
0: that makes me wonder and it makes me curious do you think fathers are more or less connected now with their
1: children than they used to be ah uh, yes and no um i say yes uh the the bonds that you know fathers have with their children now uh i i see it a little bit um but it could be a lot more um, and here's why I say, and here's why I struggle struggle with no, because you know, growing up, uh, even though my dad was not present in the house, it wasn't a it wasn't a day that went on that I did not know who this man was, you know. Mm-hmm. And even if my mom was to chose another man and he, you know, decided to live in my house, uh, quickly, I will tell you who my father was. Not saying that I would disobey this man, but you know, I know who my dad is. But now you really don't see that now. Uh dads are absent from the home for whatever reason. I don't know. The the most common reason is because they didn't get the the, the mom or the dad or the significant other, the the wife, girlfriend, they didn't get along. So they broke up and went on their separate way. But the bond with the father and the child is always there. And uh, even if the person, even if the dad is present in the home or not, it needs to be. I'm looking at a situation now where that is going on. A friend of mine just divorced his wife and, you know, they're going through the whole uh, scene of children issue now, situation that's going on now. I don't know. It, it's, it's kind of it's it's kind of a hard uh, situation or a hard uh, thing to call because, you know, I see some and I don't see I, I don't see some it, it, It's it's like half and half 50 50, you know. Gotcha. It's it.
0: Yeah. And it's hard to there are so many circumstances that contribute to that and can right. complicate things. Right. Just in your world and in your environment. Are you seeing fathers just doing whatever they can
1: to stay connected with, with their sons and daughters. Right. Right. Um, I go back to, you know, the, the household and, and, you know, guys, if, if, you know, fathers, if you're listening, you know, I, I, I struggle with that because, um, when, when I'm a dad myself, my child now is 19. He lives with me. And I had that situation happen to me where I had to make a choice whether to stay at a house with a person that fell out of love with me and my son is there or move on with my life and my son is still with his mom. So I had to make that choice. I, I, I had to, because I, I, I thought for many times, because I'm looking at TV and I said, wow, you know, the father is there. He's waking up. He's there with his kids. That's beautiful but now we are talking reality where do I necessarily have to be here for my son to know who I am? And that was the, that was the decision I had to make because when I was there, I said, I, I, I'm going to be a dad who's going to live in the house with his son, no matter what. But then it gets to a point where you just can't take it. You know, misery Sucks. (laughs) sucks. <laughs> you know, misery is is it is it it's a killer, <laughs> you know. That's when I had to make the decision because I'm not saying that she made it and when I say she I'm talking about his mom. His mom didn't make it you know hard for me, but knowing that not being intimate with her, not being able to talk to her and interact with her was hard. And my son is still there. So It was a situation where, you know, I just couldn't take it no more and I moved out and I still saw my son, you know, on the weekends. And then there was a situation where my son was staying with me permanently, full time. I I I say this to the fathers out there, you know, that 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 are pretty much going through what I just explained as far as making that decision to stay in the home for your children. Know that. Your children will be good regardless. You know, know that your children know who you are. They they know that you are dad, daddy, pop-pop, or what affectionate name that they call you. They know that. Just be in your children's lives, whether you're there or not. So that that's what I wanted to pass on to the you know to the fathers out there.
0: I have so much respect for the effort that you put in, and and we talked about some of the circumstances going on in, in your life at that at that time. There's right. a there's a painting I saw that really impacted me, and it was a picture of of a dad stooped down in front of his of his child. It was actually mm-hmm. a little girl, and um and she was playing with him and he was playing with her and, um, and they looked like they were enjoying each other's company. Right. And then you looked at his back and there were right. all kinds of arrows in his back. Right. And his back, his coat looked like it had some blood on it and the arrows had right. little stickers on them that, that said, you know, things like separation, um, right. Uh, right. court dates and, right. Um, custody agreements and all, and all these arrows are in his back. Right. And he's putting on this face with the, with, with his, for his kids. Right. To still be involved in that. And I look at that in contrast to, to my own life. And, and I've told my story about, uh, about the situation uh, with, with my own dad. Um, right. And the fact that I went decades without, seeing him or having contact with him or any, any kind of interaction at all. And I went almost my whole, most of my life wondering why didn't he make some kind of effort to find me? Why didn't he make some effort to be involved in some way? Obviously he couldn't be in the house, but there are things he could have done and chose not to do.
1: Right. Right.
0: And in spite of all the pain, in spite of all of that, and right. it ta- it takes a tremendous man to step up. And that's the, that's the label. It takes a man to a real man to, to do what you did in spite right. of all of the other pain going on in your life.
1: Right. Right. And I, I, I had said, I, and I made a promise um, to my son and, you know, to myself because I, I could have, and I, and I thought about it. I said, man, I, I need to get up out of here. This, you know, Uh, and this is when he was born, and we wasn't even, you know, on the verge of breaking up. This was way before the breakup, and I said, I need to get out of here. I I can't take this no more. I'm a new father, and something, you know, spoke to me because of my conscience. I don't know if if we talked about that when we was talking amongst ourselves before the show. I said my conscience play a big part in my life, and my conscience talks to me like, a person sitting right next to me and it said, why do you want to do that now? He is here now and he needs you more than he ever would. Right then and there, I said, okay, all right, I'll, you know, I'll stay. And I, I promise never to have that thought again in life that when my son needs me, I need to be there. Drop everything and run to him. The thing was is that you know when 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 I talk to guys and they have kids and I'm I'm talking about multiple kids, you know the first thing they say is it you know money. I said, well, money is not everything. You know what about time? You know what about the bond? What about just being there? Go see them, and then of course they come and say, well, she she makes it hard or I, I said, well, right now you're just making excuses like, you know, at the end of the day, you don't owe anybody anything but your child or children be in your children's life no matter what. If you have to fight, that is a that is the most important fight that you have to fight in order to see your children be be with your children, support uh, and, and, and love your children. And and please understand this, you know, for everybody that's listening, and that money is not a, a way to bond with your children. You know, there's a lot of fathers who think that dropping off a significant amount of money to their children on on occasions, that's that's not love. That's not a bond. That's not spending time with your children. Money is not Always the answer, so I, I I needed to throw that out.
0: <laughs> I think that's some valuable wisdom there, and you know, and backing up a little bit to to earlier, and you you talked about your conscience telling you that you needed to spend that time with your kids, and right. and you know, for, for me, I definitely believe that 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 was the the Holy Spirit that was actually yes. trying to to communicate with you, and yes. I think it, it's a big deal. That you listened that, and that you not only listened, but you, you took that advice very, very, very seriously and acted on it. And, and we went on with your story and, and how your life now is just so full of blessings. It's night and day. And I really believe that because of the sacrifices that you took and because of the effort that you put into it um, and listening to that, to that still small voice. I I believe that your life reaped a lot of a lot of blessings from it, and, and still continues yes. to do so. And yes. I I look at your story as a shining example for other men to look at that are in the same circumstance where they're going through a relationship struggle or whatever it is, right. and they have to make that decision to put their children first. Yes. So yeah. that I really. Appreciate you coming on and and sharing your testimony and sharing your story. It it was very very valuable to to all of us. Thank you, thank you for having me. I appreciate this. Do you have any final words of wisdom that you want to share with with our
1: audience? Of course, um, you know all you fathers out there, new or old, uh, just love your children. You know, no matter what, nobody. Uh, there's no rule book to say, to to tell anybody how to love their children, you know, whatever it is that you do for your child, uh, continue to do, um, be in your children's life, especially now, you know, this world is, is so crazy beyond crazy. And right now, every little boy, every little girl needs their father, no matter what. Uh, teach them some valuable lessons. Teach them, above all, some memories, uh, important memories, important life lessons, and and just overall, just just love on your children. Love on your children. If you're in the home, if you're out of the home, make it an effort. I I, I look at Nick Cannon, and a lot of people, you know, point the finger at Nick Cannon a lot because he has a lot of children. And that's the first thing they say. Oh man, Nick Hanna got a lot of kids. And and having more kids, you know. But if if you're able to have kids, if you can afford to have kids, then <laughs> by, by all means, have have a a multitude of kids, you know. But at the end of the day, love your children. Yeah. Support your children, if they are in sports, little league, baseball, soccer, ballet, uh, recitals, go to those games, go to those recitals because your presence is, is a lifetime memory. They will remember that for as long as they live and children, I just need to say this children, remember who loved them the most. Yes if you if you were if you were you know coming to these games coming to these recitals or just being there spending time laughing coloring painting toenails and fingernails for the little girls and cutting your son's hair and taking them to the barbershop mm-hmm. they remember that they do Drunk.
0: they do it's it's true they do remember those details you ask yes. them and even randomly they'll bring some of the stuff up the some of the stuff up that sometimes you don't even remember but they do all of that right. all of that does make a difference so right. i hope you're listening that you all are listening to that that advice and taking that very 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 seriously it's, yes. it's super important so with that, um, our time is just about up, but I do just appreciate your time. Every bit that you've been on here, all of the wisdom that you've shared with us, it is worth so much. And at the same time, it is priceless. Thank you so yeah. much for coming on here.
1: Thank you so much Welcome. for all of your time. Okay, Thanks for having me. I appreciate this. A whole lot. Thank you.
0: If you enjoyed the show and are getting value out of it, there are two ways you can support this podcast. One is by hitting the follow option on your favorite listening app. This will make it easier to see all the episodes and receive notifications when a new episode is released. The other is by checking out some of the swag in our store. They make great gifts for the holiday, a birthday, or any reason, and they help spread the word about this great movement. The link to the store is in the
1: show description below. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you in the next episode.